Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated senior writer Chris Herring, who I learned yesterday mutes all the group text message threads he engages with, including the ones I'm in with him. And I say this not to judge you, Chris, but instead to congratulate you on having the power and the discipline to step away from technology and annoying people like myself every day. Bravo to you, sir. How is your day going? Probably better than yours since you leave your group text <laughs> notifications on. But I'm, uh, I'm good. I just finished, and hopefully they're not listening and they don't hate me for it, but... Just finished my last class of the year. I, I teach on the side. I think a lot of people know that. So I just finished my last class of the year, which means I have one portion of my life back, although I love my students, uh, but I just needed the time back to cram all this basketball watching and book stuff in. So very, very good mood. Um, a little tired, but good mood. Very good mood. Also, oh, congratulations on that. Also, I wanted to congratulate you and everyone who has ever attended the University of Michigan for defeating the Ohio State Buckeyes. Chris, I just want to give you the floor for a, you know a, a brief time, not too long. This is a basketball podcast, but you know you, this is a long time coming for you, and I feel really happy for you. And my wife went to University of Michigan. Saturday was a very joyous day in this country. It was a very joyous day for us in this country. Uh, there's always an us and a them. <laughs> this was a, this was an us day, but, um, yeah, we're going to take every opportunity we can to, to, to enjoy this one, partly because Michigan basketball, it's like a sliding scale with these two sports, man. Like they both, they can't both be good at the exact same time or both be great. So if it, if it, it looks like maybe it's a football school again for now, I'm sure Juwan Howard will get it on track. Uh, young, young team, but yeah, uh, I, I am still on cloud nine from it. I actually had plans to go 
a friend of mine. It's rare that I go to games as like a fan, or not even a fan, but just like as a spectator and not a reporter. But one of my friends has season tickets to the Bucks. He actually lives here in Chicago. My birthday will be Saturday, so he was like, uh, "Do you have any plans Saturday? Let's, you know, I'm gonna take you to the Bucks game." And I was like, "No, actually, I don't have plans." Uh, and then Michigan won the Ohio State game, and so now you know Michigan is playing in the Big Ten title game on Saturday. So all of a sudden, I did have plans, but it was like not the plans that I wanted to have because I would much prefer to watch Michigan <laughs> than watch the Bucks in the heat without Bam Adebayo and possibly Jimmy Butler. Um, so my friend, my friends are so wonderful because he texted like a day or two after the Ohio State game. He was like, "Hey man, I just want to check back in." Like. You don't have to go. We don't have to go to the Milwaukee game if you don't want to. Like, I know they're playing at the same time as Michigan. And I was like, read my mind. Like, I didn't want to be the bad guy. Um, it's so <laughs> nice that someone wants to do something for my birthday, but it's it's one of those friends I've had for, you know, 20 years at this point. So I could tell him that more than 20 years, probably almost, you know, probably 25 years or so. But I was so grateful that he realized that on his own. So I didn't have to, like, back out of something just to be able to watch a Michigan football game. But, what sense does it make to watch every brutal Michigan, Indiana, Michigan Northwestern football game if you can't then enjoy the time they actually make the Big Ten title game or actually clinch a playoff spot for the first time? So, thank thankful that he, you know, all the things I'm thankful for after Thanksgiving. This is at the top of the list. That I have friends that are smart enough to realize when they need to let their friends just have a day to themselves to watch Michigan football. That's wonderful. Congratulations to you once again. And I really like how you managed to tie the NBA into that response. That was very impressive of you, Chris. I'm on my game. You you most certainly are. Uh, today, we have a jam-packed, super fun episode to get to. Uh, before we do, a quick reminder to keep those emails coming in to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Um, also, I, I want people's text and DM mute habits in those emails. People, please let me know. I don't know why I'm fascinated by this topic, but I am. Anyway, let's start the show. Uh, so, Chris, with several teams really going through it right now in the NBA, I wanted to check in with five of them to kind of just see how screwed they actually are. And in other words, we are seeing if the panic button is necessary. So I'm going to say a team... And I want you to tell me on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being, you know, everything is fine, and 10 being the GM and the coach have permanent 5 o'clock shadows and are currently smoking multiple packs of cigarettes a day, just how troubled they really are. So I shared all five teams with you last night in our outline, but due to some late-breaking news here, right before we're recording on this Thursday afternoon... We're going to add a sixth team real quick. And that sixth team we're going to talk about first. It is the Milwaukee Bucks. It was just announced that Brooke Lopez, who has not played basketball in a very long time, has undergone back surgery. Um, and that's that's big news because they are the defending champions. He has been a critical piece for them and just how they've wanted to play basketball, particularly on the defensive. And he compliments Giannis so well. They do not win the title without Brooke Lopez last year. So just what is your, what are your snap, what's your snap reaction to hearing that Brooke Lopez had back surgery? And, I, you know, there's no timetable yet, but he could be out the rest of the season. I don't, I don't know. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obvious that that's huge. Um, they have built largely a whole defensive plan around him for the last few years, um, which, you know, that's without even thinking about what he adds on the offensive end when he really has it rolling. Um, you know, it was just late last season in the playoffs where he had a, a massive Brook Lopez game uh, when Giannis was out of the lineup, which helped him get into the finals in the first place. So he, I mean, he has the ability to be hugely impactful and there's no way around that. Um, you would hope that you can get him back. There are some statistics that indicate that they're fine without him. I, I think I read a statistic today. I can't remember where I saw it, so I apologize for not being able to cite it. But I think with their big three being, you know, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew, that mm-hmm. they're ten and zero this season. They've obviously been really hot lately. Um, so it's just a matter of them being healthy. But I would certainly include Brooke Lopez as one of those guys. Uh, you're going to get a lot of Bobby Portis without Brooke Lopez and Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah, we're 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 going to see if the the mayoral chants continue. You know, uh, without Brooke Lopez being there, uh, he's a very very solid role player. You know, very important role player. But uh, sometimes guys are perfect in their role, and asking them to kind of expand beyond that kind of c- creates chaos. And Brooke, again, you cannot build a. A defensive scheme around Bobby Portis. Uh, you can do it with Brooke Lopez. It's worked like a charm. It's worked like a charm against James Harden several times in the last few years. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, you would really hope that you know he can be back by the playoffs if you need him. You're going to need him. Um, and I don't know exactly what the team ceiling is. I mean, I could see them winning without him, maybe, but you feel way more comfortable having him available and healthy. Uh, so I, yeah, I certainly worry about this team, not so much for the regular season, but for the playoffs, if you don't have them. Yeah. So to build on that stat, you had they're 10 and 0 with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton and Giannis, um, playing together and lineups with those three guys in them are plus 20.4. That's their net rating. So that's like, they're just killing everybody. Um, I kind of thought that this was going to happen, honestly, when I saw that they signed Boogie Cousins. And I was like, oh, why would the Milwaukee yeah. – because there were there were some positive reports, I think, a couple weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, about, you know, Brooke Lopez potentially returning back to lineup. Clearly, that those were premature. And when you sign DeMarcus Cousins, it's like, okay, something's going on with Brooke Lopez here. So it didn't totally – catch me off guard it still stinks but at the same time I always thought with the Milwaukee Bucks that there was this post Brooke Lopez iteration where Giannis played a ton of minutes at the five and you know they switched a ton or and or you know Giannis could blitz Giannis can drop Giannis can do whatever he wants at the five guarding ball screens and just being this ridiculous help defender um and, you know, their defense has been tremendous this season. So, And they're playing Giannis at the five a lot. They're playing really small. They play this Giannis plus, like, four-guard lineup that is obliterating everybody. Uh, you know, Pat, Con- Pat Connaughton plays a little bit bigger than, he's, than his height. Grayson Allen plays a little bit bigger than his height. Drew Holiday is one of the most versatile defenders in basketball. He's tremendous. Chris Middleton's a really good defender. Bobby Portis, you know... I'm never going to say anything bad about Bobby Portis 
um, for the rest of my career slash life. So I think they'll be they'll be okay there. <laughs> um, but I, I just think that like I'm still high on this team actually. So if we were like for the purpose of this exercise, like we're gonna uh, attribute numbers to like a, a one to ten scale here for the bucks i would say honestly like three like i'm just not that worried and that's no disrespect to brooke lopez but i'm just really high on the bucks right now like i think they look terrific how they are and there is that also that element with brooke lopez where you know he's dropping against certain matchups and just getting torched like in that net series like i don't think we would look at this injury the same if they never got to the conference finals and he never had that game against the Hawks because Kevin Durant was just raining these pull-up twos over Good him point. in those drop Good coverages. Point. So I'm a three. What are you here with, with the Bucks? I'll go a four, but when it comes to playoff time where you might get matchups where you don't have Kevin Durant on the court where you can just completely kill him and take him off the court – I, I do think it becomes impactful. I mean, we think about it. We saw Sharich getting knocked out of the finals really impact that series when they had to go to Kaminsky. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, with Brooke, one series where he's not impactful, another one where he really is. So it's 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 situational. And I think even if you don't play him full-time or you're not using him a lot, being able to steal minutes with him for certain matchups just to provide a different look, I think it really will hurt them if he's not there. So I, I'll say four for right now. Um, you know, I, I think three is perfe- perfectly reasonable just given that they're rolling right now. But I, I do think that it will have a much bigger impact on the playoffs if they don't have him back. Okay, let's move on from Milwaukee. Let's go to the next team here that I have. Um, and it's the Miami Heat. So earlier this week, Bam Adebayo injured his right hand and he had surgery in a loss against the Denver Nuggets. He's going to be out four to six weeks. That's possibly 20 games without their all-star center, who's just so fundamental to how they play on both ends of the floor. In the short term, Miami is also, as you said earlier, Jimmy Butler. He's dealing with a tailbone injury that's expected to keep him out of the lineup through the weekend. Miami is in fifth place right now, but they're only two games up on the 11th-seeded Sixers. How worried are you right now about the Miami Heat? Give Give me a number, Chris. Three. Oh, okay. Probably feels low. Um, Here's my thing, and and, unless you're really concerned, and I know you just gave the number about them being you know two games up. I'm not of all the teams that I really don't worry about as far as seeding. There's probably three or four of them in the East, and I would put Miami as one of those three or four that I don't really care where they finish as long as they make the playoffs, which they will. Um, and as long as you feel like they will, I'm not worried about that. Now, I think for this streak that they've got, you know, for however long Bam will miss, it does become really interesting if he misses four weeks versus six because their schedule is not that bad at the front of it. When you get to that six-week stretch, though, you start getting into games against Golden State, Phoenix. You would have Atlanta a couple of times in that window. Mm-hmm. So they could – I mean – Depending on how long Jimmy is out, they really did not look good last night, by the way, without either of them. So depending on how long Jimmy is out and how <laughs> no, long didn't. it takes them to get them back, <laughs> if they can get Jimmy back in a reasonable amount of time and he looks himself without Bam, um, I'm not totally worried. I mean, you do certainly want to see Keefe and 
Jimmy and Bam out there. You know, Lowry is still relatively new to this team. So you want them to have some cohesiveness and, and everything. But because this is a team that I'm really mostly worried about, you know, just are they healthy for the playoffs? Um, you know, I'm not totally concerned about it from a seeding standpoint. What I'm more worried about right now and just kind of the state of the team is like Duncan Robinson can't be out there just getting cardio work in and 20 minute stretches. This man <laughs> had, he was 0 for 7 last night, 0 for 6 from 3, no points. No rebounds, no assists. The streak like is over. The streak is over for Duncan Robinson, who'd made a million. Yeah, he, he made at least one three in a million straight games, so that's over. Yeah, bro. Like, nothing. I mean, he posted zeros. I think he had, like, a steal in those 20 minutes, and that was it. And, um, I mean, at some point, you imagine he has to shoot better. Uh, I see people making the joke on Twitter, like, oh, man, he's not a pro basketball player anymore. He's a podcaster now. And he's kind of playing like it. Like, shout out to Duncan because he's a Michigan guy. You know, it's all love from that standpoint. He did very well for Michigan, but holy I knew that hell. was coming. Like, like, I mean, but he's – I mean, he, it's funny. I expected these to all be, like, career low numbers. This is, like, what he did as a rookie. So he's got to do better than this. I'm sure he will. Uh, most guys that go through slumps like this at the beginning of a season snap out of it and shoot better. I mean, we know how good a shooter he is and can be. It'll be interesting to see whether he can snap out of it with all these guys out of the lineup because I don't know if he can, uh, just given that teams will be able to throw more at him given all the other guys they're missing. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I'm not worried about him yet, but you know, you, you certainly want those guys out there because they're probably one of the least – I don't know. They've got a lot of pieces in there that you'd like to kind of get more acquainted with each other as far as with Lowry – and different guys that are going to be handling the ball that you'd really like to have them out there. You don't want to lose so much ground to where you're having to play the Nets in the first round if you don't have to. Um, so I'm not totally worried about seeding, but if they do slip really far, it does start to get a little bit more dicey for them where they've got a really, really tough first-round matchup instead of something like a, a three versus a six or something like that. Do you, so is there any possibility that they miss the playoffs? And my, when I say playoffs, I mean I mean the play in as well because like I'm not I don't think this is going to happen. Me neither. I do think that Bam is. I mean the on off numbers don't indicate this. Like they're much better when Bam is not on the floor, which is weird. Um, and I don't really know how to explain that, frankly. But um, like the Raptors are only a few games below them. They're like in thirteenth, like. I don't know. I'm trying to build an argument that I don't even believe. So let's just, I, I can't even go there. They're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm and not that's worried a really about good, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point by you, though. Like, also, the the seeding really is kind of besides the point with this team. There's just so much talent, there's so much experience. They're not going to get flustered. I think that they all have confidence in any series, whether it's the Nets, the Bucks, whoever, with Jimmy healthy, with Bam healthy, with Kyle Lowry healthy with Tyler Hero continuing to play as well as he's played, I think they'll be fine. Um, in the meantime, you know, they're going to have to play uh, Dwayne Dedman a lot. And it's really interesting just because they love to switch everything on defense because of Bam. They can't really do that anymore. Um, right. And so, you know, with Dedman, they love to blitz Ball screens, uh, Deadman will anchor their zone, their 2-3 zone, their 1-2-1 zone. Uh, and 
you know, it's it'll just be interesting to see how sustainable all that is on the defensive end for them. Uh, and the other option there is you play PJ Tucker at the five, and I don't really know. I th- I think PJ Tucker can do that, and then you can switch a little bit more. But at this point in his career, I don't know how many minutes you want to be playing PJ Tucker at the five against certain matchups. You know, save his body. S- yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. I just, I think that this is, it just stinks. Obviously, you lost an all star. Bam Adebayo is so good. He's so irreplaceable. He's so unique. And I kind of wonder also, going back real quick to the Bucks, like how jealous the Heat are that the Bucks signed DeMarcus Cousins. Like, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is Will Chamberlain, but <laughs> he would have been a pretty interesting fit down there if, like, for the next four weeks, six weeks, whatever it is. And I watched, the DeMarcus Cousins debut against the Hornets the other night, last night. Me too. And he looked fine. Like, he looked pretty good. So, I don't it's know. Really that's just something you that's say that. It's really funny you yeah. say that because I was watching him, and I'm like, man, this dude isn't getting very good lift. And then I remembered. I'm like, oh, it's DeMarcus Cousins. He's never really gotten really good lift. <laughs> uh, and he, I've even talked to him about that. He's like, man, you could just say it. I, I just I can't jump, which I love that dude for just being so self-aware. Um but, yeah, and no, he looked fine yesterday. Uh, I wanted to shout out Bam really quickly for the performance against Denver when he had oh, this yeah. injury in the first place. Ridiculous. Because, you know, we've, we've heard about it before. I remember Rondo had the game where he, like, tore his ACL and was playing through it or had the partial tear of his ACL and played through it. Bam tore, was it the ulnar ligament in his thumb? And played through it. And I think jumpers. Was hit, he was three for three in the second half from mid-range on, like, a torn thumb ligament. Like, what? Like, this like dude, in clear pain. Like, he was holding his right hand, like, behind his back on defense because he didn't want the ball. Like, to, he just he couldn't involve it. And he was still hitting jump at, shots. It was like, you are look at this indestructible. Man's stats. This man was nine of 12 in the second half, three of three from jumpers. Went twenty eight and three in the second half of a game where he tore his thumb in the first half. I think I'm pretty sure. Legend, like that dude. I don't want to hear anything about that dude negative for the rest of the year. Just won't hear it. Won't hear anything about it. <laughs> so crazy. I guess if I'm ascribing a number, I'm going. What did you do? What did you say? Like three, three, three. three? Okay. Um. I'm going to go five. Um, Not like panicking at all. I -hmm. think that he's just so unique to how they play. And then you add in this Jimmy Butler thing. And you add in the age of everybody else who's important. And there's no saying that Kyle Lowry won't sprain his ankle and miss two weeks either. You know what I mean? So That's fair. um, Another injury could happen. And then, you know, that would be trouble. And uh, also, like, Touching on Duncan Robinson for two seconds, that's that's like not – I mean, I'm sure he will break out of it, but there's a lot of guys who shot the ball well over the past two seasons, these two really weird seasons, um, who are not shooting the ball well this year. And the circumstances of the past two seasons are very different from the circumstances of this season. And so you wonder sometimes with some guys what is real. I think Duncan is for real. I'm not saying he isn't. But that's just something to keep an eye on because he is shooting like 31% behind the three-point line. And Bam is so important to getting him those looks 
their right. their DHO partnership is one of the most dynamic in the league. So this is not good news for Duncan Robinson either, Bam's injury. So something to keep an eye on. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, Chris. Uh, This team... Uh, we have talked about many times, uh, but there was some news involving them and just taking a bad situation and making it worse. We're, of course, of course talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, LeBron James has COVID, so get well soon, LeBron. Um, that's terrible. He's going to – he's in the health and safety protocol, so he's going to miss – at least 10 days of action and then obviously you need to ramp up physically and he'll be a little bit deconditioned from that um you know he's not able to really do anything uh right now physically so the lakers (laughs) i don't really know like like i think i probably hit the panic button on this like five games into the season like where, where are you right at right now with the lakers <laughs> and where they're you know at? i expected to be higher than this maybe i'm maybe i'm just really chill person i don't know what this says about me because i've been essentially having my hand hovering over the panic button all year on them as well i went seven with the lakers which okay. i feel like you could be higher than that i think some people would be there are certain things I've seen lately that make me a little bit less concerned, but I, I went seven. You want me to walk you through why? Can you please tell me what is – yeah, what did you just say? There's some things you saw that actually have you feeling good about them? Yeah, a little bit. Not much. I mean, it's the <laughs> Lakers, but a little bit. So, I mean, the main thing that I feel better about – I mean, shouldn't be rocket science. I mean, each time we hop on this podcast to talk about 
how ridiculous the Lakers are and how ridiculous they look, we're normally harping on Russ, who has looked better lately, who has played better lately. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's starting to turn a corner. He's shooting the ball a little bit better. He, I think he's had 26 games in a row. Um, you know, to what extent all of that is that he's back and, you know, he, he's had this thing the last few years now where he starts every season really slowly and then starts to pick it up midway through, two-thirds of the way through, whatever it is. I don't think it was quite this early last season that he did it. But he starts to pick it up a little bit and find his, his legs. Um, I mean, that that obviously is a massive thing. Now, is that something that is sustainable, that will be the case once LeBron is back and in the lineup? You kind of need it to be. And if it is the case, and if he shoots the ball a little bit better than he was before and you know can play off the ball decently, which we're, we're dealing with a lot of ifs at this point, then mm-hmm. okay, they're going to be okay. Um, honestly, you know, I said there are a few things I was pointing to that I felt good about. I lied. I guess it's probably just that. Um, <laughs> the things I continue to feel bad about, or one of the things I felt good about that now feel bad about, Talon Horton Tucker, bruh, uh, this man was like a godsend when he came back you know, what was it, 10, 11 games into the season, 12 games in the season. Um, I mean, he's shooting like Russ, bruh, like was. He's shooting like Russ was shooting now. I mean, he's been brutal at this point. Uh, what are we at? 27% and five and a half points per game over his last seven. He was shooting 49% and averaging 23 points per game over his first three games back. Um not the greatest timing because Carmelo Anthony has also regressed to the mean. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, the other thing that is a little bit concerning is we talk about the Brooke Lopez stuff. And I feel like we've been seeing a lot of this this year. I guess it always happens a little bit, but we've seen a lot of it lately. This stuff about, like, guys that are waiting in the wings to come back, and then it's like, oh, they've had a setback. Um, and... Kendrick Nunn, you know, we've talked about him at length as being a guy that they'll be able to plug back into their rotation and and have. It doesn't sound like he's anywhere near coming back yet. Um, the Lakers have been kind of honest about that and open about that. Ariza was someone who, um, you know, still isn't back, but it sounds like he's closer. But I think what we're learning now, whether it's like people that have had COVID with Embiid and really him struggling or just, you know, Lopez and other guys like that. Zion is another guy that just had another apparent setback with his rehab. Um, not anything serious, seemingly. But at this point, I'm done taking these teams' word for it. And I think that's kind of what I'm saying is, like, we can't make these blanket assumptions about how much it helps a team right when someone gets back when they haven't played basketball in this long. And so the Lakers, I think that even with the Reza, like, we, we can't assume these guys are going to be the best versions of themselves. And even if we do... What does the best version of like 36 or 37 years old look like for a team like the Lakers when everybody else is that old as well? So there's that. Not to mention that as we talk about Taylor Horton Tucker or Russ just snapping out of what he was in, um, Anthony Davis still is basically like the worst three-point shooter in the league at this point. I mean, like he's just not shooting well. And a lot of people kind of sounded the alarm on that after the finals a couple of years ago where he basically became like – a center's version of J.J. Redick from five years ago, you know? And now it's like he's basically – everybody's kind of morphing into Russ. Like, Russ is regaining his shooting strength or whatever. I don't know if you could say regain. Like, he's getting some of his shooting strength 
back and everybody else is like shooting like Russ was earlier in the year. I don't know what to make of any of that, but like there's still a lot of stuff not to feel great about. Even the guys they have on the mend, I don't think you can definitively say like, oh, they'll they'll be better. They probably will be better, but I don't know if it'll be good enough. So I'm still concerned. None of this even gets to the point about like when you get Bron back, how you get LeBron back. Are we just at a point now where like I, I get this is COVID, so it's not an injury, but you know at this point like you kind of felt like you wanted and needed these guys healthy to make a run, and if LeBron is only going to play at this point, we're a quarter of the way through the season and he's missed more than half the games. So I mean he's already missing a good chunk of time, and that's without Davis having you know really missed much time yet. But Davis not playing well. So you need a lot of things to go right in this season. I don't know if they need to go right all in the regular season, but it's just it has not been the most encouraging stretch, even as you, as you see Russ shooting the ball better, which you needed to happen to have any shot of anything happening this year. Russ is shooting the ball a little bit better, but he's still just a turnover machine. He's still not finishing at the basket at all, uh, which is is not is not great. Um I don't know. Like when I watch this team, it's just uh, I always come back to the same thing. So I have a very difficult time talking about them and saying things that are fresh. But like our colleague Chris Mannix wrote this column um, about how Frank Vogel should not be to blame for the situation that the Lakers yeah. find themselves in. And part of me agrees because, in my opinion, the blame is on who traded for Russell Westbrook. Um, period, point blank. But part of you disagrees but, too, right? But but part of me disagrees just in the sense that, yeah, I'm like, you know, we got mm-hmm. to expel DeAndre Jordan from the rotation. We might have to, I know we can't do it now because LeBron's out, but we might have to d- expel Dwight Howard temporarily from the rotation, at least when Trevor Ariza gets back too. And we got to play LeBron at the five. We got to play AD at the five. That's what we need to do with our rotation. And we need to play, you know, offensively Westbrook at the five. That's like, that's how we're going to get this thing going, I feel like, in my opinion. Um, because it's just not, it's just not worth it um, defensively to have these two bigs on the floor, in my opinion. And the offense is just so atrocious. And they want to play fast, but they really can't get enough stops to play fast. And then you have guys on the floor who are trying to space like Mello or uh, Malik Monk. And these guys, they just can't stay in front of anybody when you watch them play. So I don't really have anything new to say about this team. I think yeah. you know LeBron getting COVID stinks for a lot of different reasons. I love watching him play still. Um, I've been frustrated, I think, just aesthetically watching the entire team play this year and you know watching them try to figure things out is is kind of fascinating just because of the names and the and the the wattage of the Los Angeles Lakers and yeah so I mean if I had to say what am I you know like uh, expectations factor into um how much I think you're you should panic and so this is this is championship or bust for the Lakers like is that still fair to that's still fair to say right this is championship or bust I mean LeBron is how old LeBron will be 37 be. at the end of this month so everything right. they're doing is championship or but having effing LeBron on your roster is championship or bust yes agree period so I mean let alone Anthony sense, Davis let alone Russ yeah 
Yes, yes, yes. So in that sense, I'm going nine here for Panic if I'm the Lakers. Just taking everything into account, I'm just... I mean, there's a possibility. I don't think they'll miss the play-in tournament um, because just just because the teams that are like outside of the 10 seed right now are the Spurs, the Kings, the Thunder, the Pelicans, and the Rockets. So I don't think the Lakers are going to fall below any of those teams ultimately as the season rolls along. But I also think that you know they're not going to finish with a top six. Like I think they're headed to the play-in, and in the play-in anything can happen. So that's really bad. And then you have to play in the first round, the Suns or the Warriors or the Jazz. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm panicking if I'm uh, a member of the Lakers organization right now or one of their fans. Um, okay, move. Do you have anything else to say about the Lakers? Nope. I mean, I'm, I'm with you honestly. Like. I think part of the reason I spent so much time on the fact that Russ was playing a little bit better is because there's so one, like I said, I feel like we've been harping on him all year. I think rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. But two, it's a team where there's just not much new to say. And uh, I'm glad you brought up the point about Vogel. Shout out to Chris, you know, a teammate of ours. But um, yeah, I, I don't think you have to take an all or nothing approach with kind of whether or not it's Frank's fault I, I i've been kind of underwhelmed with what he's done with the roster that he has it's not a great roster it's not a roster i would have wanted given what they could have done with it but i also don't quite understand some of the rotation choices he's making so it's it's kind of yeah it doesn't seem like they're panicking from that standpoint in terms of the rotations they're running out there because i yeah i i would be doing something different but it would not be that it would not be the lineups they've been using i guess the last thing i'll say before we move on the, the last question that's Lakers-related that I'll, I'll pose is Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, by the All-Star break? Yes, I think so. I think so, personally. Okay. Um, I Man, can I just say this? Like, I don't know exact, the exact structure of his deal. So he got an extension that took him through what, the end of this year? Or was it like the end of next year? I believe it's the end of next year. I'd have to double check. So here's my thing. Um, I get that it's not apples to apples, but if the Lakers, if part of their issue is, um, you know, you keep hearing this from their fans that are very tired of being punched in the stomach about the Caruso thing and the luxury tax. If you're not going to pay Caruso whatever it would have cost you to go above the luxury tax, which, by the way, I think we said a couple podcasts ago, um, yes, it would have been a big luxury tax payment, but it also they would have been paying it one way or the other, whether it was Crusoe or some of the other moves they were making to go into that tax. Um, guess what you also pay a lot of money to do in this league, depending on how you've structured contracts, to fire people. You pay money to do that too. Presumably you're going to have to hire someone at the end of this year, probably not midseason. I don't imagine the Lakers will bring in someone completely different from outside the organization, but like it costs money to fire people that don't have jobs lined up right away. Um, <laughs> like, so I, I, it's not this like broke franchise. I mean, it, it's also the Lakers. We don't even need to really spend time discussing that, but I, I don't know. I, I think he will still be there. Uh, who knows? Maybe that factors into it that they're really not trying to spend the extra money, which again is wild to say, as we talk about the LSUs and the Notre Dames and the uh, USC's, and then there's the Lakers. 
and mm-hmm. like the idea that the Lakers wouldn't have the money to pay whatever they want to. Maybe not. I get that it's a different business model than some of the other organizations, a lot of the other organizations, but I don't know. To me, if Vogel's not there, granted, he's making mistakes rotation-wise, in my opinion, but I just think that that's a really weird sort of thing to point to to say, like, we're not getting it done, and here's why. We're going to axe this guy. Axe this guy. And I, I just would not see the point in doing that. I don't think it's so off the rails from that standpoint at all. I just don't. I just think that the roster is really deficient in a lot of ways that a lot of us saw coming before the season ever started. So uh, just to double back really quick, his extension uh, secures him through 2022-2023. So, so the end of next year, next season. Correct. What you, I'm like, yes, okay. I completely forget what year we are existing It's because in right we had two seasons that existed in 2020, <laughs> which really throws me off, too. Don't even worry about it. I, I still get that confused, and it's really – I can't wait to get past this calendar year because it's been throwing me the hell off for like a year and a half now. Anyway, yes. neither here nor there. Okay, okay so no more uh, Lakers talk. Uh, I personally think that David Fisdale will be the head coach – uh, when they lose in the plan tournament, but that's neither here nor there. Oh wow! Um, okay, that's uh, we'll have that conversation when it happens. We'll have to. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Our next team, the New York Knicks. So, earlier this week, it was revealed and announced by Tom Thibodeau that Kemba Walker, who was the big offseason addition to this team, he would be, he's been exercised from the rotation, uh, 
Julius Randle has predictably reverted back to who he was, I think, in a lot of ways as a basketball player from the All-NBA season that he had last year. R.J. Barrett, who we infamously left off of our top 100 list, is significantly worse than he was a year ago, or at least not better, which is not what you want from someone that young who you drafted third overall. Their offense has been atrocious of late. Defense is trending back up towards where it was last year, but is still below league average. Uh, Just, you know, what are your thoughts about the Knicks right now and just like the state of where they're at as an organization? So, first of all, shout out to you. I I remember this was kind of a point, not contention, because neither one of us was ready to throttle each other over it but um <laughs> which is good because we like each other right michael um yes we do you know i i was i was someone that was more uh bullish on 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 the knicks going into the season i thought that what they did was useful um i think they're still finding that fournier is useful from one game to the next sometimes um kimbo was the exception kimbo was shooting above 40 percent from three and still not really productive which tells you a ton about the way he was defending, which tells you a ton about the way the ball was moving when he was part of the offense, or what tells you a lot with him and Fournier in the backcourt together, which is kind of what you and Celtics Nation was saying all along. So between that (laughs) and between the stuff about Randall and whether or not, like, that he had a hard regression coming at some point, uh, you know, it's still early enough this season to where he can do better than this, I think, uh, my thought process with him is that maybe he can survive without having a, a really nasty regression because if the offense is better around him, which that was the hope with Kemba and Evan Fournier, so mm-hmm. be it, you know, that, that he can get easier shots that way. Watching him, he's not even really trying to take easier shots. Like he really has fallen in love with that corner jumper with the guy draped all over him. He isolates a lot. Um, it's strange because he's still – is a good enough distributor where he gets his assists. He's in the running for triple doubles every other night. Um, but he does still take such difficult shots. Like I don't have access to the second spectrum data anymore, but I guarantee you'd have to be near the top of the league in terms of like just the shot difficulty. I, I, the I lowest shot it. quality in basketball, probably he's up there. I would it's say. gotta <laughs> be up there. I mean, like it just, it looks that way. And so, I mean that, that is somewhere where you are likely to see regression if you shoot way above expectations one year and all of a sudden those shots aren't going in, okay, they were really tough shots. We knew that all along. So I thought his shots would be easier this year, and they just haven't been. I'm still not panicking here. I put them at a six. Um, you know, okay. for relatively speaking, like I had the Lakers at a seven. The, the Knicks were not ever viewed as a championship contender. I do think that they were borderline for a lot of people as far as like fringe playoff, play in. Think most people felt like they'd finish with maybe maybe even potentially more wins than last year but a lower seed because the east was going to be stronger um i you know i don't think that they'll find themselves outside of the plan i think that they'll you know they'll make the playoffs or the plan or whatever you want to call it um and like you said i think that the key thing here is that the team was without an identity during the kemba run that they had you know are they trying to just outscore everybody can they stop anybody are they a team that they should just flip their bench and their starters because their bench is better than their starters? What is it? 
now you start to answer that question a little bit more. And it is a little bit sad. You know, I feel bad for Kemba from that standpoint, a guy that finally gets mm-hmm. to go home and play in front of a, a fan base that fell in love with him before he was even a Nick, really. Um, but the truth is, pulling him from your rotation, immediately you go from being one of the worst defenses in NBA history with him on the court to being a Warriors equivalent with him off the court, meaning like the best defense in the league. <laughs> so, I mean, you can potentially get your identity back just by doing that, not to mention that Alec Burks has been a good shooter for them, not just this year, but last year as well, and someone that seemingly moves the ball a little bit too. And so, you know, there are other problems. You mentioned R.J. Barrett, which to me is right at the top of that list as far as the problems they've got. He's always been super, super inconsistent from one half to the next, from one hot streak to going to an immediate cold streak. He's always done that. That's going to be a problem for them any way you slice it if it doesn't get fixed or doesn't change. But I do think that, you know, Burks being there instead of Walker and also the thought process that, like, at some point, I don't think Burks will be enough necessarily for them either to take the next step. But I do think that it's it's possible that maybe you get a guard, someone – wants out of a situation and maybe you know clears waivers at some point or buy out or something like that maybe you get another guy I don't know if it's a top level guy probably won't be but I I don't see this really changing their course like I think they're probably like a bottom of the pack playoff team and now this at least gives them a chance to get back to what their identity was or at least what we thought their identity was before they added these guys in the offseason. So I'm not panicking just yet I kind of want to see how they do with Brooks there and, and Walker spot. It's very early in the season, but you know we are a podcast that publishes two episodes a week, so we have to, uh, you know, uh, overreact in the moment sometimes. <laughs> um, like, is there a possibility here that this team just does not make the playoffs, or do you not see that as as realistic? Let me pull up my standings here, sir. Um, so by that you're saying what well, is there a chance they finish outside of the top 10 or are you saying like the play-in situation we um no i think they are a, a play-in team personally okay because I, I mean i look at the top six in the conference and, yeah you know there's a like okay so right now just for our listeners who do not have the standings in front of them as we record on a thursday and the knicks play the bulls tonight R.J. Barrett's questionable with that one, and I don't know. I would put money on the Bulls to win that game personally, but um, in front of them right now in the standings, and the Knicks are in 10th, are the Hornets, Celtics, Hawks, Cavs, Heat, Bulls, Bucks, Wizards, Nets. So, uh, you know, I think that they're a playing team, long story short, with the Knicks. And so... It's basically a question of, like, do you think the Sixers... Do you think the Cavs stick in that top 10? One... Do you like the Sixers to jump back into that mix, which they're basically tied with the Knicks. The Knicks, they're a half game behind the Knicks right now. Embiid missed a ton of time with COVID and has admittedly said that like he thought it would take him all the way out. That, you know, he's still gonna it's gonna take him a while to get back to what he was. Um and I think, you know, the Raptors are a team that I think can maybe find itself in that conversation. Have not looked good lately. But, you know, the Raptors are there. I think after that, you know, the Pacers are the one other team that would like to make a run here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, do do you think the Knicks will be better than at least two of those teams? And if so, 
you know, will they finish with a better record than at least two of those teams? And if so, then they'll be in the play-in. And I feel like probably, I don't know about Philly, but it, it does become a question of whether Cleveland is for real, which I think if Mobley's there, they are. And I think they can finish there. I think Philly can make it, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Charlotte. Um, we'll see. The, 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 the fear I have if I'm the Knicks is that you've played, and this is true of the Lakers as well, you've played a pretty soft schedule so far. And I mm-hmm. think the fear here is that the schedule gets harder. Does the team improve enough to be able to kind of hold your own with that or not? Um, they've had some games that I think were very close that they easily could have won. Uh, that Nets game the other night, there were – you know, I don't really care one way or the other, but there were some pretty awful calls not made in that game where it was a pretty clear double dribble by Durant. You know, a, I don't know what Julius Randle said to an official, but like to call a technical in the last minute, minute and a half of a game is very, very he, rare. I mean, he, he he punched his fist in the like within five feet of the ref's face. Like you're just okay. going to get a technical. Okay, so it was something that he did more than what he said cuz that yeah. I'm not used to seeing text that late. So I did not see that for whatever reason. Um there's that. You know, there were some other ones like Harden Knicks fans were in their bag, man. They were putting together whole clips of like, you know, four <laughs> and five plays where they swore Harden had traveled where there there were at least two that looked like pre- pretty clear travels to me. Um, but you know, whatever those games will kind of work themselves out. I feel like you get enough of those games back where you benefit from a call here or there. It's good. I, I think it'll be closer than I was expecting it was, but I, w- I would still be a little bit surprised if the Knicks don't make it. Um, look, Charlotte might have more talent, just straight up talent than the Knicks do. Charlotte's oh, still yeah. a really young, they're still a really young team. And I was watching them make young mistakes in their game last night against Milwaukee. So whether or not they have what it takes to just kind of, you know, we also saw them just bomb completely in the playing game last year against how much they lose the Pacers by like 40 or whatever Mm -hmm. the hell it was. I mean, granted they had guys out, you know, Hayward being a main one um, in that game and, you know, we'll we'll see, but it's still early. You know, the Knicks are going to have a run at some point, whether or not it's enough to get them to a point place where they're comfortably making the plan or comfortably avoiding the plan or whatever. That remains to be seen, but I do have faith that the Knicks will make at least one run where they, you know, they reel off eight out of ten at some point. Um, but they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to at some point because they're gonna have a tough schedule. Okay, so uh, have I have I ascribed a number to the Knicks yet? I don't even know if I you have did, not. If I did, okay, I'll not. say uh, I'll say seven because for me it's kind of like. If you if you do not make the playoffs as the Knicks, or you you know you make the plan and then you and you lose or whatever, or even if you make the playoffs and you get swept in the first round as an eight seed or something like that, I just wonder what your long term path towards. And this is a different conversation, but I wonder what your long term path towards contention really is because I, I, I Randall is. Like, he's just not a number one player. And if he's a number two, I don't know what type of number one you need to have it be that Randall can compliment you. So I, I just think there's a they have a long way to go, I would say, from um, being okay or uh, competent to title contention. And that's fine. Like, they were in the sewer for most of my life. And... Uh, to go from the sewer to 
uh, having playoff games at Madison Square Garden is great. And if they have a, more playoff games at Madison Square Garden this year or play-in games, then that'll be fun. But, you know, I think that they and their fan base would like a little bit more than that. And I don't know how they get there. So that's why I'm at, I'm at a seven there for them. Um, you, you mentioned the Nets briefly in your response to the Knicks. And that's the next team I want to talk about real quick. We don't have to spend too much time on them. They're in first place. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason why I added them here is James Harden still does not look right. Joe Harris just had ankle surgery. If you watch the Nets, you know Cam Thomas, their rookie, is in their rotation over Bruce Brown. LaMarcus Aldridge is clearly their third best player. Kyrie Irving... His absence just kind of still hangs over everything. Blake Griffin's out of the rotation. He was been yeah. he was playing that bad earlier in the season. Um, Paul Millsap looks very old, and it's just like you know coming into the season, I thought they were going to roll. And again, they're in first place. I understand their defenses looked pretty good, better than I anticipated. Kevin Durant looks incredible, um, and is an MVP candidate, but. If you're if you were talking about championship or bust, this is an obvious championship or bust team, given everything that they gave up to get um, James Harden, and it's just kind of like I'm waiting for Harden to string four or five games together where he looks like the James Harden of old. Haven't seen it yet. He had a putback dunk against the Knicks, and I'm That's like, the most okay, alive they- I've looked. I've seen him look in a long time. Yes, yes. And so maybe that'll kickstart something for him. He had a great game um, that night. It came off an atrocious game against the Suns, and I just wrote about James Harden on the site on SI.com about his decline and led the story with, okay, he had this great game against the Knicks. The game before that might have been his worst game of the season. So the inconsistency is a little bit worrisome here. And if he's not... A top 10 player, a clear top five player, top five talent, all NBA player, then this team is in a lot of trouble. Because um, I don't know when Kyrie Irving's coming back, if Kyrie Irving's coming back, and what type of shape he would be in if he does come back. And so that's why I'm including them here. Um, am I crazy? <laughs> Chris, am I crazy here for including them here? So, so grand scale. You know, big scale, no, you're not crazy. I guess I kind of just have them in the same range as the Bucks <laughs> for now, though, where okay. I'm not worried about any of this stuff for right now. They're in first place for right now, despite all those things having gone wrong, which tells you how wide of a margin of error they have for the regular season. The playoffs, though, I mean, you start getting in a area where, again, you're even thinner than you would have been from a star level last year because Kyrie's not there. That I mean, that's when it all comes down to it, that's the biggest difference is that um, even as far as Blake is concerned, uh, I mean, shots are going to be easier when you can have those three guys on the court and Blake with them. Uh, not that there were that many games last year mm-hmm. where you had that, but I mean, it's just reality. I mean, not to say that that's the only reason Blake looks the way he does. And, uh, by the way, like he, you know, as we talk about Kemba and how much it must hurt to not be able to play in New York and, you know, 
all the accolades that he was getting for coming back home and you know the the guy from around the corner that made good Blake seemed pretty hurt might be a strong word but like he he seemed pretty blindsided by Steve Nass's decision to pull him from the rotation as well but I mean his numbers were just dismal um but yeah I mean it I don't know it, it's interesting I didn't expect Aldridge to be what he's been so far but when you spin it to say like man that's he's been their third best player hands down and he has and the Joe Harris stuff yeah I mean you kind of convinced me to be more concerned about it than I would I would probably put them at a four but I I can't bring myself to be concerned about it now what I'm more concerned with frankly is even taking all those things into account that they're in first place but they like haven't beaten anybody um the best that you can come up with in looking at their schedule so far, they had a win over Washington, which obviously that carries more weight than we realized it would when they won it. And they won a game against Atlanta, who at the time I think was four and three or four and four or something like that. Atlanta, by the way, is like the hottest team in the NBA. Like they've right. been ridiculous. So it's one of those wins that like looks better in hindsight, but at the time, like everybody was beating Atlanta. So they really haven't beaten anybody. Every other game they've had against like a really good team, I wouldn't necessarily say they've got their ass handed to them, but like there have been cases where that's been true. Um, where they just have not looked good. And um so I mean to me that's a bigger concern. It's one that they can obviously iron out later in the year, but when you build teams like this where you're building around three superstars, you're always kind of getting guys that in the moment look like they might be a really great fit, and then you realize, oh, shit, they're not. Um, because you're you're more or less auditioning to see how these guys fit around your stars. So it's it was always going to be some of that. Aldridge has looked fantastic. He obviously got some opportunity to play with them last year. But, you know, we're not looking at a, a finished version of this team. Just like last year this time, we weren't looking at a finished version of that team. Um, so we're going to have to see, I mean, but I'm, I'm not concerned just yet, but yeah, because this is championship or bust, if you get to the end of the year and all these things are still problems and Joe Harris never looks right after the surgery, Blake never gets back into the rotation. Aldridge is still your third best player and nobody else is stepping up other than maybe Patty Mills. It does start to become more concerning because remember you and I talked at the beginning of the off season and the conversation we were having then is like, nobody can beat them. And that all of a sudden they went from being one of the thinnest teams to like one of the deepest. And now all of a sudden it's like, who do they have? So stuff can change really quickly. Kyrie, you know, in that situation, I won't necessarily say Kyrie, is much to blame for that. Uh, I'm not worried about it yet, but give it another two months if they're still having a lot of these problems. I'm concerned about it at that point for sure. Yeah, for the season, even though they're in fourth, first place, excuse me, um, they have a lower net rating than the Chicago Bulls and I personally look at I just look at net rating as more significant than record sometimes especially this early in the season if that makes any sense especially because um, the Bulls have beaten good teams you know they they look the part right from that standpoint they beat Utah they've beaten the Nets I mean they beat the Nets head-to-head um so I mean that the Bulls have looked the part I won't say in every single case but they've looked the part several times and beaten good teams several times whereas the Nets again you take away that Washington win and it, you know, went over an Atlanta team that was getting beaten regularly early on. Uh, it just hasn't been that impressive of a body of work they put together so far. Yeah. So the Nets 
in the near future, they have a game on Friday against the Timberwolves, which I will be attending. Very much looking forward to watching Anthony Edwards in person. Um, awesome. And then the, the next night they have a it's a back to back against the Bulls. And you know this, I always I keep coming back to Harden. He's just so fascinating to me this season, and he looks so good against the Knicks. But then you like look at how many days off there were between that 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 night and their previous mm. game. And it's like, I want to see Harden on the second night of a back-to-back against the Bulls, against Lonzo, Caruso, that defense, like, torch them. That's what I want to see. Then I'll be like, okay, I think Harden is is back, and I'm feeling more confident. So for right now, if I have to give a number, I would say six right now. Um, knowing that this team can still make some trades, will still be attractive to buyout candidates, um, and their roster today will most likely not look like what it will on the first day of the playoffs. Um, I'm going to say a six right now with the Nets. Got you. Okay. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, so we have uh, one more team here, and in the grand tradition at Open Floor that started earlier this week, the team is the the Portland Trailblazers, and we are going to throw it to our producer, Shelby, for the... (laughs) Shelby, uh, the, the, the Rip City Royston Report... Um, Shelby, I'm just going to throw it to you. Shelby's got this just tremendous sound of... (laughs) 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 (laughs)
You're saying? Okay, so, Shelby, you are the MVP of this podcast. Um, the floor is yours. I want you to just tell me from a scale of 1 to 10. You know, there was news earlier this week that Damian Lillard will miss at least 10 days after an MRI confirmed uh, lower abdominal... Abdom- ad- <laughs> Lower abdominal tendinopathy, and he's obviously their best player, and, you know, the Blazers are having an up-and-down season. So right now, Shelby, uh, scale of 1 to 10, just just how panicked are you, and how panicked should this organization be right now? Right now, I'm at a 2. After... A 2? Yeah. Okay. After uh, the big win over the Pistons the other night, in which... Somebody obviously listened from the team since Ben McLemore <laughs> got in and just started playing like a vintage Duncan Robinson. <laughs> this is what we've been wanting the whole season. Put in Mac. I, oh. I'm, at the, I'm at the Moda Center. I hear put in Mac. That's all they want, and they finally have to. <laughs> so... I I saw the box score from that win. I did not watch the game, Shelby, but I saw Ben Ben McLemore, and I got excited because you're right. Someone clearly within the Portland Trailblazers organization listens to this podcast, and if they'd like um, to send me, maybe it's Chauncey. If they'd like to send me one of those gorgeous quarter zip pullovers the coaches wear, I mean that would be a great showing of goodwill from the team. (laughs) Connect with maybe Michael or Chris on social. We can swap an address. Perhaps. The message is out. Um, I hope it is received. Uh, so Shelby, only a two. You don't. You don't care. You're not worried about this Dame injury, even though he. You know, this has been lingering since the Olympics for him. I'm not really sure what the injury means. I mean, you could barely pronounce it. But I mean, I think <laughs> with ten ten days is a long time to recover. So. I think CJ was wow. going to step up too. Like he, remember when he was hurt the bubble season? Before they got yes. into the bubble, CJ stepped up, was averaging like 30, 35. So no worries there. That was when he had like the fractured back or whatever. Well, Dame was hurt at some point, like in that season. Remember they were like, he, then he had like 60 yeah. point. Before that, like CJ, he was like, hey, I'm next man up. Give me the ball. No problem here. <laughs> okay, so, uh, okay, so you, I, I can I give my number? Can I, can I um, barge into the Rip City Royston report for a second, Shelby? Do I have your permission? Okay, I would say uh, six is my panic here for Portland, just because, like, I don't really know where the Portland Trailblazers are going right now. I'm sorry, um, I don't even know honestly, like what dames like what his trade value is like i I, this is obviously very attractive to any team that would want him but uh he's had a troubling season and this injury does not help so at some point it feels like he will need to be traded from this organization i don't know when that will be um but yeah i'm going six chris what do you think uh wow so we've had five teams six actually with the bucks and i've had a lower level of concern than you with every one of them i'm gonna go with the five but part of this was me trying to think what the blazers think 
because Lord knows they haven't given a damn about concern because they haven't moved anybody meaningful off that roster in like five, six years. So from my vantage point, I'm going to go with the five. Um, The way I view it, much of what you probably wanted to happen with this team has happened. Anthony Simons has taken a nice step. Um, Mm -hmm. Powell has been incredible a lot of the time, very, very efficient. Um, You're, you know, essentially keeping your head above water despite the fact that Dame was, like, unrecognizably bad to start the season. Um, And he had started to turn it around before this injury getting worse or this injury cropping back up or whatever you'd want to call it. But, again... The, the the same problem that we see every year with this team, with the exception of like one of these years in the last six years. Shocker, their defense sucks. Like stunningly. <laughs> Nobody could have seen that coming. New coach, same problems. It, it it just gets old because the roster is stale for the most part. Like we know that. It was dreaming that, you know, it was at best a dream that this team would be substantially different than what it has been. You ju- you basically need Dame to go even more supernova than he has because you're putting the same players around him every year with the same deficiencies every year. So their defense is bad. They're going to have an above-average offense. It's going to be Dame and CJ. We know that. What else? You know, there's nothing else. So the only real benefit, you assume Dame will get healthy. The schedule will get easier for them. They've had one of the tougher schedules in the league. So they'll do that thing where they have a really hot run once Dame is back. They always do that. I'm just bored of it. And it, it frankly, like I'm putting five because it's like the most middle-of-the-road number you can find. And this is like the most middle-of-the-road team I can find that has a star on it, superstar on it. And, you know, and even with that, they don't even have a healthy superstar right now because he's going to be out for a while. So I, it's just frustrating, but I don't like – for me, panic, urgency, they haven't shown urgency or panic in the last five years. So, like, why show it now? Other than the fact that Dame might be looking to go somewhere else. Unless that's happening, which they don't show any urgency about that either. So, what the hell? Five it is. <laughs> so, their next four games are Spurs, Celtics, Clippers, Warriors. And without Dame, also Nasir Little, who sprained his ankle. Yeah, um, You could easily lose all four of those games. Like, easily. So, uh, interesting times in Portland. Um, Shelby, are there any closing words on the Rip City Royston report for today's show? just want to know what time you wanted to meet at Barclays on Friday. Like, are you someone who's getting there for, like, shoot around? Or should I buy food? Or, like, what was? did you want to eat before? <laughs> uh I'm I'm expensive when I'm at Barclays. Um, I eat my dinner at the concourse, and it is very pricey. I get multiple things. Um, so if you're buying, then we can do that um, right before tip-off. You let me know, uh, and we can go from there. How does that sound? You know what? For Since it's around the holidays, I'm buying. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Damn, can I go too? Sorry. Uh, you have what do you what do you like? Uh, you you got to prep for the Michigan. Who are they even playing, Chris? Just to bring this all Iowa. Full, full circle. Iowa. Yeah. Wow, that's very uh, exciting. 
Sorry. It didn't sound exciting <laughs> at all. But, yeah, Iowa's offense is not much, but they scare me defensively. Michigan should win, but I'm scared just because if you're a Michigan fan that's gone this long without winning anything significant in football and you're not scared now that they have a chance to do it, you're like you're on you're on medication that is like putting you to sleep artificially because I don't know how you're not freaking out the way I am. Even when you beat Ohio State, you still have to be scared. On that note, I think that'll do it for today's show. I want to uh, uh, apologize to uh, a couple of emailers who we were supposed to read on today's show that we will have to hold over for next next week's episode. Christine and Thaddeus, loyal listeners, wonderful emailers. Um, thanks for sending those in. We will hit those on the next show. And everyone else, please keep the emails flowing to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody, please stay safe and please continue to enjoy the NBA season. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.